Hello, thank you for joining us today. As always, it is such a pleasure and a blessing to be with you. Today, we're going to be looking at 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul is telling Timothy something extremely important. He's telling Timothy to be on guard, to be on watch for people that have a, a godly outward appearance, but they are lost. We're going to start there in verse 1. It says this, it says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like this. They are the kind who work their way into people's homes and win the confidence of vulnerable women who are burdened with the guilt of sin and controlled by various desires. Such women, women are forever following new teachings but they are never able to understand the truth. These teachers oppose the truth, just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses. They have depraved minds and a counterfeit faith, but they won't get away from it for long. Someday everyone will recognize what fools they are, just with Janus and Jambres. This message that Paul is giving to Timothy is a warning Paul began with this action. He says, know this. This passage tells us that we must be on guard with our heart and we must be on guard with our home, with our, our children, with what we are taught, with what we hear and with the influence of the people that are around us. Paul says difficult days are coming. So Paul identifies that what we are looking at and what we should think about, what we should be about in our lives, what we should not be. The phrase here, in the last days, this sounds like Paul is, if you, if you just look at that part of it, you think you're talking about something that is far in the future, more towards the in latter part of the last days. Now, we must remember that the last days are from the time that, that Jesus rose from the dead and ascended to heaven, we have been living in the last days. And this passage is not only to, to, to us or to a future generation that would live in the days before the rapture or before the second coming of Christ, but it is that complete time period that's in there from the time that Jesus rose from the dead to the time that he will return again. Now, we do know from Scripture that as time moves on, more and more godlessness more and more lawlessness will, those things will increase as time grows closer to Christ's return. But in this passage, Paul is not only talking about the, the far future, he's also talking to Timothy in that time saying, these things will happen. He says, avoid these people. And this is obviously present tense to Timothy, suggesting that there were false teachers already among them. 
So this does refer to end times, but it also refers to any time we live in from the time Jesus rose from the dead to the time that Jesus returns. That is the end time period. There are two instructions in this text that we want to look for. There are 18 characteristics listed in chapter 3, verses 2 through 5. And this represents a staggering list of people that are negatively impacting the church. Paul says that they have this form of godliness, but they deny its power. They had an appearance of godliness, but that, that appearance is a false appearance. And the word Paul uses here in the Greek is a word that is where we get our word metamorphosis. They are religious imposters. So these people prey on people. They appear to be godly, but yet they are not. They love themselves. They love money. They are unloving. They love pleasure. You know, it's significant too that in Revelation chapter 2, Jesus to the church of Ephesus says, you have left your first love. When we look at this and we look at the characteristics of each thing that Paul is talking here, number one, he's talking about people that are, are weak-willed, people that are easily driven into temptation. He's talking about people that are loaded down with sin, that are obviously in sin and they're an easy target. They're swayed by various lusts and evil desires that are enticing them. And they're easily controlled by the teachings of these people, these false teachings. These people also, Paul says, are always learning. And not that always learning is always bad, but he says they're looking for new teachings. They're not resting on the faith and the trust and the trueness of Christ. But they are looking for something new always. And they are led astray because they are not focused in on what is right and what is true. But they are never understanding or gaining an understanding of the truth. And it's interesting, Paul compares this to Janus and Jambres. They have this outward appearance, this outward sign of godliness, but the truth is not in them. So what do we look for? What do we need to know when we look at, are there false teachers And we must remember, Jesus said that these things would continue to increase. They would become more and more prevalent. Godlessness, lawlessness. He told us not to be deceived over and over and over again. It would be very easy when he's he's talking to Christians there when he says, do not be deceived. So maybe it's easy to deceive the world with new teachings and new things. But who is deceiving Christians? And it would be people that have an outward appearance of godliness, but yet inside them there is no truth. These are people that have that, but don't have any character. This is people that have this outward appearance of godliness, but yet there is no true content that aligns with the Bible, that aligns with the words of Christ. So what are we to do? We are to turn away from them. These false teachers 
How do we know to stay away from a false teacher? So my question is to you. As you look and you listen to new sermons and and different teachings, do you have a clear enough understanding of the Bible to know that what they are teaching is true? Is it factual? Is it the same thing that the apostles or that Jesus would teach? Does it align with that? Can you find in the Bible doctrine that fits with that? And the question is, do you know the Bible well enough to be able to make the decision on what you are hearing is true or what you are hearing might be a false teaching? It's important that each and every one of us have a close enough relationship with the Lord that we can discern the things through the Spirit that we can take and we can take everything that we hear, everything that we read that is not in the Bible and we can filter it through the Word and say, is this true? Is this accurate? It is up to us individually. It is up to the leaders of each home. It is up to every follower of Christ to lead their family, to lead themselves to know the truth and to know understanding. Because Jesus tells us over and over, do not be deceived. Know that I have told you ahead of time. We have to understand the Word of God so that we may not be deceived. There's a lot of real estate here that Paul listed out for Timothy. Timothy was a, a mentor of Paul and he's, he's preparing him for his, his ministry and giving him great insight. And he spends a lot of time telling him what people are like and what to watch out for and where to find false teachings. So I implore you today, you must reach out to the Lord more in prayer and more in His Word so that you understand and that you know the things of God so that we cannot be deceived, especially in a time where truth is something where a lot of people believe it's whatever they believe it is. But we know that there is truth, that the real truth is the truth is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And we must follow and stand behind that truth in a world that questions if truth is even real. I want to pray for you now. I want to take this time and I want to pray that each one of us has a desire, a yearning to know you more, Lord, to, to push in uh, to pray, to, to seek you, to learn more about your word and have a deeper understanding and revelation. And for others, there may be, you've never followed Christ. You don't know what following Christ is all about. You may say, well, what is the truth? I'm here today to tell you that Jesus Christ is the truth. And if you put your faith and your trust in Him, He sets you free. So let me pray for you now. Heavenly Father, thank You for today. Thank You for Your Word. Lord, thank You for preparing us for the times that are ahead, for the world that we live in. Lord, I pray for every person that's listening to this and they would acknowledge that We want to know you more, Lord. We want to understand you. We want a deeper revelation of you. Lord, 
Please give us the, the desire. Please give us the, the knowledge, the, the want, the understanding that when we seek you, we know that we will find you. Lord, I pray that you would help us in our time to know that your truth is something that we, we can stay steadfast in. Please be with us. Guide us. In these last days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. The Bible tells us that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you see, what is sin? Sin is what separates us from a perfect and holy God. Sin has permeated throughout the generations from Adam and Eve that first sinned to us. That there is no way that we can be made right with God. And that is why God, that is why Jesus himself came to earth. He lived a sinless life. He died and rose from the dead. So that anyone that put their faith and trust in him, that believed who he was and repented of their sins, could gain eternal life in Jesus Christ. If that's you today and you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity. I'm going to say a prayer that you can repeat after me. And there is no special or specific prayer that the Bible says you have to pray. It's just an acknowledgement of knowing and believing and professing that Jesus is who he said he was and that he died for our, he died for us so that for anyone that believes in him, for anyone that calls upon the name of the Lord can be saved. If that's you today, please pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner and desperately in need of a Savior. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He lived a sinless life, that He died and rose from the dead as payment for my sins. Please forgive me for my sins. I will follow you all the days of my life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. And thank you for allowing me to live in eternity in heaven with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you prayed that prayer today and it was the very first time that you've prayed it, please message us so that we can celebrate with you. And depending on your type of social media, please like, share, subscribe, and share this message so that it can reach more people for Christ. God bless you.